Lights up on Washington Heights up at the break of day. I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the grade at the crack of dawn. Sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all, good morning. Ice cold agua, parcha, china, cherry, strawberry. And just for today, I got mame. Oye, Piraguero, ¿cómo estás? Como siempre, señor Usnavi. I am Usnavi, and you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated, exacerbated by the fact that my syntax is highly complicated because I immigrated from the single greatest little place in the Caribbean, Dominican Republic. I love it. Jesus, I'm jealous of it. And beyond that, ever since my folks passed on, I haven't gone back. God damn, I gotta get on there. Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Next Best Theater. I'm your host, Michael Schwartz, and I am joined by my co-host, Nicole Ackman. Hi, everybody. Dan Bayer. 96,000. And Casey Lee Clark. Hello. So as we are recording here in late May, we are just days away from the release of a major motion picture. And that is so exciting to say after a year of COVID that we have a major motion picture to look forward to that we could actually see in theaters on a big screen with lots of people. And that movie indeed, as Dan alluded to, is In the Heights by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Though he is not starring in this movie, it is starring Anthony Ramos and a large, large cast of known and new coming performers who will just blow you away. And before we get to that film in a few weeks, you can look forward to our podcast review when the time comes. We wanted to take some time to dive into the Tony winning show that inspired this upcoming film in the Heights uh, looks a little different next to Hamilton these days, but I think it's still a show that serves a massive purpose in what Broadway means in terms of representation, in terms of combining book and new styles of music on stage is a really important show. And I think one that has a lasting legacy so as we get started, I want to know how you all came to In the Heights, what it means to you. Have you seen the show? Have you listened to it? Uh, what does In the Heights really mean to you as a show? Let's start with Nicole. Oh, okay. So I was not in oh, like aware of In the Heights whenever it was first on Broadway, uh, you know, considering I was in like seventh grade uh, in North Carolina. That's probably unsurprising, but... I was very into Hamilton from sort of the time that it came into being and was very aware of that. And obviously that gave me an awareness of who uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is. And so I went to a university that has a strong musical theater program and my senior year, you know, Hamilton was still sort of the rage and they were putting on a production of In the Heights. Um, I think it was either my senior year or my junior year. I ended up not getting to see it, but I did, you know, think, oh, I should look into this show because of the fact that they were going to be putting it on. And a friend of mine was actually playing the Paragua guy. Um, and I had heard him like rehearse his number again and again. So I went and I got the cast recording from my university's library because they had this whole collection of cast recordings that you could check out. Uh, like CDs from the library. And I basically immediately fell in love with it. Um, and I shared it with my family and my entire family just really, really got very attached to the show, particularly because obviously a lot of the show sort of revolves around, at least the latter half of the show sort of revolves around um, Abuela Claudia and her, her passing. And this was only a 
like a year or two after my grandmother had passed away. And so it, it just really was something that I connected with personally on that level. And I still have never seen this show performed live, which I would love to do eventually. Uh, they actually did a production in Raleigh that was really lovely that I was in London, whatever it happened, but my whole family went to see it without me. Um, but it is one of my, one of my dear wishes to one day actually see this show on stage. And I'm so excited to see the movie of it whenever it's in theaters. Awesome. That is a great experience. And it's so wonderful how we could feel connected with these shows, even if we haven't actually seen them in their original runs on stage. So thank you. Uh, Casey, what is your experience within the Heights? Yeah, I feel like I touched on this a little bit when we did our Hamilton episode, but I was kind of late on the Hamilton train and I'm especially late on the In the Heights train because outside of the opening number and 96,000, which I'd seen the Tony performance, not when it aired, but online and like a couple show clips, this was my first time listening to the whole thing. I don't know what, I think maybe at a certain point I was like, oh, I'll just wait till right before the movie comes out or I need, I needed the excuse to finally listen to it and it's, the show is all heart and it, it touched me so much. I was anticipating just listening to the album like once through and then like maybe picking out a couple songs that I really like or whatever and listening to show clips. I listened to it three times in a row. I, I have, uh, I have gotten a new obsession. I think I needed this. Um, but I've, I've really taken to it. Even if it's, you know, I almost feel nostalgia for a life I didn't even have. <laughs> like it's very, there's a lot of like messaging and lyrics that it, touched something in me that meant quite a lot. And I, I just fell in love with it. And I'm now even more excited for the movie. I was like, Oh yeah, it looks good. And I'm excited, obviously, because it's a big musical, but now I'm like, I'm going to cry the whole time. I can't wait. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I've fallen in love with it. Oh, that's terrific. And I had a very similar reaction that I'll talk about in a few minutes, but it really goes for that heart and it works so incredibly well. I love it. Dan, what is your connection with the show? In the Heights came out in the 2008 Broadway season, which was when I had graduated from college and had started uh, working at an off-Broadway theater company, which meant that I had very little time and even less money to spend on Broadway tickets. <laughs> so I did not see it in its original one. But of course, I heard all about it. And it was the hot ticket. And I had lots of friends who saw it. But I did not get to see it. And I at the time, I was very like, and, and still am actually like, I don't listen to the songs from shows that I want to see because I want it to be fresh and new when I, when I see it, I don't want to go in with any, you know, preconceived notions about anything. And so I never listened to it until <laughs> in the fall of 2014, I moved to New York city to Washington Heights, <laughs> at which point I just thought, well, it's been off Broadway for quite some time now. And it's the least I can do having just moved to Washington Heights to at least listen to this musical that takes place there. And um, I, so I did after living here for a few months and I, it has since become something that I am like very, uh, very, very fond of. It makes my heart nice and warm and glowing. And it, it does sort of like capture a lot of the things that 
I really love about this neighborhood and a lot of things that I, <laughs> well, while going around my daily life, don't love so much, but the show somehow casts in a very um, loving light that makes me love it, at least in the context of the show, if not in real life. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective that you sort of live this life every day. I don't know if it's as exciting as this. That would be something <laughs> if it were. But uh, before I get to my reaction, like what similarities do you see every day? Like, is it the corner stores, like the bodegas and the types of people? Or what do you see common in your daily life with the show? Um, well, if you like, my favorite part of the show is the Piragua guy. <laughs> see them all around the streets in the summer. Um, the The fireworks. <laughs> That is, that definitely happens, and not just last year when everyone was complaining about the fireworks in New York City. Like they happen every summer. Um, there's mention of uh, playing, uh, knocking off the the caps on the fire hydrants and playing in the water in the streets, and that that is a thing that happens in Washington Heights in the summer. Like they will block off streets and put an attachment on the fire hydrant so that. People can play in the water like it's a sprinkler. Um, the the bodega is like, yes, kind of. Like that is definitely a thing people who um, live and work in the neighborhood will definitely like go to the bodegas to get their morning coffee and croissant or bagel or whatever instead of to like a Starbucks or something that's very much a part of the life here. And also the... Um, uh, the 
Carnaval del Barrio, the, there are definitely just parties that happen whenever, wherever, but particularly when it's warm out. That just like, okay. And I am very, I am very, <laughs> very, very, very much um, Vanessa in that number. We're like, it's hot. <laughs> how are you guys, how do you have so much energy and making so much noise? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> have you ever seen the Seinfeld episode, the Puerto Rican Day Parade? I have, I, I'm sure I have because I've seen just about every episode of Seinfeld, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Okay, it's about the Seinfeld gang is stuck in the Puerto Rican Day Parade mm-hmm. when they're in the wrong part of the city. And it is so festive and lively and just, it reminds me of Carnival de Barrio. Yeah, and the music, of course. Like, I hear that the, the underlying beat and rhythm of this music, like, all the time people are playing it on the streets all the time literally all the time oh that's great well maybe we'll have to do a nbt next best theater field trip to the heights (laughs) i i have been to the heights (laughs) to my apartment many times and And every time i was like i'm in the heights yeah (laughs) well everyone get your permission slips ready we'll have to do it after (laughs) walk the tour so, well, that's great. Uh, my connection with the show, I would say it's most in line with Casey's in that this was a show that I heard about when it was on Broadway back in 2008. I was in sixth grade at the time. I'm dating myself here. Uh, and I saw on the Tony Awards that there was a show called In the Heights. I used to watch the Tony Awards even if I didn't get to go to theater that often. And, of course, there's that famous speech when Lin-Manuel wins uh, the Tony for original score. And you just see this guy who is so fresh up there, so original. You don't know what he's doing, but it is really interesting. I'm like, who is this guy? What is this show? What's going on? And at the time, a cousin of my grandfather uh, ran these New York bus tours from like local synagogues. They would go up on Wednesdays, see a matinee. And one of the shows at the time, of course, was In the Heights. And I'm talking to this cousin and she goes, yeah, In the Heights is really popular. I don't understand it. I don't understand this music. I literally can't comprehend what they are saying. Like, well, what does that mean? What's going on here? So I listened to the opening song, and it is a lot going on, because now we think of it as natural with Hamilton in the fold. But in 2008, this was not a natural style of music on Broadway. You didn't have rap and hip-hop-infused music on Broadway stages. So this was totally fresh and unique, and I liked it, but I never really went back to listen to other songs for years. And it wasn't until, I think, 2018 that I finally listened to In the Heights for the first time. And I loved it. It reminded me of everything I loved about Hamilton, but on a more localized scale. And since then, it was a show that lived in my mind. I had fond memories of it. But as the years passed, I never found myself going back to it. That is until a few months ago when I knew the movie was coming up and I wanted to reassociate myself with it. And now that I have listened to it over and over again over the past few months and I have had the opportunity to see the movie, which we'll touch on later, like Casey said, I find this show so incredibly heartfelt. It touches my heart in ways that few shows can because it's about home and it's about the people who make a home and everything that you love about your community and what a community can mean to a person. And it's just fun. It's upbeat. It has a life of its own. It is just so warm and it has to be done right when productions happen. Like you need to have the right energy, the right cast to really bring it to life. But oh my God, it is just something that is unmatched in terms of what it's trying to do. I hope it doesn't live in the shadow of Hamilton because this is a show that's every bit as ambitious 
and successful, I think, as that juggernaut that's currently on Broadway. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of episode 40 of the Next Best Theater podcast talking about In the Heights. In order to get the full podcast, you will have to head on over to Patreon for Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this and other exclusive podcast content from us. You have been listening to the Next Best Theater podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella, and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.